went to Brighton Beach yesterday, or today, rather. I don't know, this recording is from the past, but technically we're in the present. Trippy. I said to my friends, why can't the weather be like this year round? Someone responded, that's what people in Florida say when it's cold. You know, why would people want to live like that? So here is a story from the vault of this time that I went to Florida. Oh, and I'll get to what this has to do with the weather. My friend Megan went to FSU, and if you're a member of the Party God Squad, you know that this little tri-state sex machine went to college in New York, baby. So every year for the holidays, Megan and I would split the cost of my plane ticket to go visit her in Tallahassee. One year I go down and she's living in an absolute gorgeous off-campus apartment. She and her roommate each had their own bathroom, which at 21 or 22, to have your own bathroom, <laughs> it's like, I, I, I don't even know what to say to that. Are you kidding me? You know what I would do at that age with my own bathroom? Well, for starters, never close the door. I would hang Christmas lights. I would get ready all the time with my friends. And I would bring boys in there for sex stuff. And I'd brag about having my own bathroom while doing the sex stuff. This particular night, we were going to a bar called The Palace. My fashion at the time was heavily influenced by the Kardashians. And that's part of my journey. I was dressed like an extra in Courtney and Chloe Take Miami in a white little tube dress that was absolutely hit and thank you so much for asking. But I was wildly overdressed. The other girls were dressed really cute, really fashionable. There's no tea, no shade. What I'm trying to make clear is that I was giving very much early 90s Pam Anderson at a nightclub opening in Miami Beach. When me, Megan, and her gaggle of girls arrived to the palace, it was indeed a palace of peanut shells all over the floor. The bar should have been called The Rodeo Place, but unfortunately they didn't have a suggestion box for me to suggest that. Megan, why didn't you warn me that I was so overdressed is maybe what you think I said. And I would have said that. Megan knew me so well that she knew nothing would have gotten me out of that dress. I planned this outfit a week out at least. I would have worn it to a dairy farm tour if I thought there'd be vodka cranberries at the end of that tour. Despite the looks and the way I was dressed, the palace was insanely fun. We linked up with this other group and everyone was taking turns buying pitchers of beer. Which is not a thing my friends up north do. We all usually just take turns getting around. I felt the natural pull to do so myself, get a pitcher of beer for everyone. When I went up to the bar, the bartender told me $2. I'm sorry, $2 for the entire pitcher? Yeah. Oh my god. I'm from New York City where pitchers are minimum $18. I cannot believe this. Hey, 70-year-old man sitting alone at this college bar. Did you know this? Oh, dope. Staring into my eyes while you chew on a straw and ignore me is also an acceptable answer. You know what, lady? I didn't call her lady. I'll take two pitchers of beer. Unimpressed wink at our 70-year-old. $10 on the bar. $6 tip. I'm Kourtney Kardashian. Strut away in slow motion. The next bar we hit, I had indeed been to before. That's right, just a couple years prior, I had made out with as many guys as possible at this club. If this club was a wet market, I would have been the bat. But flash forward to this trip, and I wasn't doing that. Maybe my frontal lobe was a little more grown. Maybe with the flashing lights, I saw more cold sores on lips. After dancing our little hearts out, we ended up at a house full of people where everyone was crammed in the living room. 
We were all crowded around each other, leaning on each other, touching each other, drunkenly laughing. Sitting in front of me was a slice of apple pie from Mickey D's. I'm not much for the golden arches. When it comes to my fast food, I once bit into a beak in a nugget when I was five. And I've thought about it almost every day since. How do you know it was a beak? You know, I don't. But it was something in the beak world. Then I hear, Try the apple pie. Everything tonight was in slow motion. Duck Hunt was playing on the TV. And if you don't know what Duck Hunt is, congratulations on understanding how to do extra shit on TikTok. Enjoy all that collagen your body's producing, you fucking infant. Then I try the pie. It was incredible, free from beaks. Is this how they do it in Florida? The next day I was returning to New England, even though Megan and I, very independent women, directionally we were off the mark. My flight was out of Jacksonville instead of near Tallahassee, and I just looked it up. It says it would take two hours and 28 minutes to drive there, but I'm telling you, we did that shit in an hour and a half. We say our goodbyes at the airport, see you soon. I walk into the airport only to find out that my flight home has been postponed to the next day because of the snow in New England. Megan came and got me and we stayed the night at her friend's mom's house. We went to a solid Chili's, but also what Chili's isn't solid. Then we went to a friend of hers house to kill time, this guy who looked like Bubba Sparks, and he had a baby with a helmet on just walking around. When we asked him why the baby needed a helmet, his reasoning was in case he had to look away for five minutes. That sounds like a parent who has learned his lesson. Then we left and walked the beach of Jacksonville. Was it my craziest trip? I mean, the apple pie was. God damn. But the most wild thing to happen was my flight being postponed. It really makes you think. I wouldn't be stranded in Florida if it wasn't for bad weather. Welcome to the Rocky Rundown, where you get to learn a little bit about my week. Party God Squad, welcome. How's your week been since we last confabbed? Did you have an orgy? Get a mortgage? Fit into your favorite bikini. I had a very interesting week. I had the sentence, Rocky, I think I'm about to become his fourth boyfriend said directly to my face. That quote, though out of context for you, got me thinking. Four boyfriends might actually be dope. Hear me out. The first boyfriend is for the couch. This is the guy who will smoke weed with me in sweatpants, order takeout while we watch TV. The sex would be minimal, because I'm aware he hasn't showered for 36 hours on account of the slothing. But damn it, what a cuddler. Number two... The good time pal. I can bring him around my friends and he fits in. If I need a wedding date, boom, there he is. He's sick at flip cup, which is only something I need for this fantasy. But he's not cocky about it. And he drives a mid-sized sedan. The sex is awesome. But he's a flat earther. So we can't like talk about it or build a future together. Next is the suit. He takes me to, I don't know, Bobby Flay's once a week, splurges on wine. Does he have a wife? None of my business. Then, the elusive fourth boyfriend. My fourth boyfriend would be for booty calls only between the hours of 12 a.m. and 3.30 a.m. 
any day of the week. If a guy is texting you at 4 a.m., he's hopped up on cocaine. Run. When I said confidently I think I could balance this smoothly, I was given a look from my fourth boyfriend friend. The look was filled with kindness, sadness, and doubt. I thought he was the actual comedy tragedy symbol. Just find one boyfriend that has all four of these qualities and is not a flat earther. And I responded to him, Just find one boyfriend who has all of these qualities and who's not a flat earther. Cause I'm eight years old. Which brings us to Rocky's Highest Thoughts, where we talk about my most stoned moments of the week. Number one, if you're negging someone and they're negging you, chances are you both want to fuck. Number two, the beekeeping community needs more attention. Number three, what's the oldest animal to ever be alive and why aren't there more? And why don't animals live forever? And what actually lives forever? Number four, Jellyfish have long lives. Someone told me that. Number five. It is believed that avocados came out of the vagina of giant sloths, which I think are now extinct, and that's how we got the avocado seed. I didn't do any research on this. I just heard it, and now we put our avocados on toast. So are we really just putting sloth vagina seeds on our toast? Think about it. Number six. I turned my TV down with the side of my phone thinking it was the remote so I could see better. It didn't work. Because my phone is not a remote. Number six, more attention to bees. My guest this week is stand-up comedian and podcast host Latif Taor. Latif's wild word was nickelback, and he's going to replug his stuff, but please check out Latif's podcast, It's Show Business. If you're in L.A. on Wednesday nights, this week and any week, you can check out Latif's show Latif and Friends at Nightcap LA. This particular Wednesday, June 30th, Andrew Arolfo, friend of the show, will be performing. You can follow that at Latif and Friends on Instagram for more info. And if you're in New York City on July 11th and 12th, Latif will be here performing at The Stand. If you haven't done so already, please like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Find me at Wild Nights with Rocky on TikTok and Instagram, at Wild Nights Pod on Twitter. And lastly, please leave a review. They are important, just like you. Now, enjoy my Wild Nights conversation with Latif Taor. Latif, welcome. Thank you for doing the podcast. Rocky, thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm actually very excited to have you. I've heard a bunch of your episodes of your show, which we'll get into at the end, but it's great. You've got like a lot of really cool guests and you always remain very even keeled throughout. That's what I like about you. Oh, thanks. I'll try to keep it even, but maybe (laughs) be wild a bit for your wild story. Hey, I'm going to take either version you give me. I'm just saying the Latif I know through the airwaves is a very even keeled dude and I appreciate that yeah that's awesome I had someone comment on the uh, Erica Rhodes episode they're uh-huh. like I like that the host isn't all crazy or whatever I was like that's uh, I'll take it I'll take it sounds good thank you I think um so Latif you are a stand-up in LA how is that going for you now I've asked all my guests I get a lot of LA comedians on here and everybody's kind of dipping their toes back into comedy live comedy I should say how's that going for you uh it's going great things are opening back up uh some clubs are back online, uh, Vax only, and right. more and more shows. I run a weekly show and I can feel it. There's a lot more competition for people mm. and comedians. So it feels like it's back. 
Yeah, that's great. You had a show last night, right? I did Latif and Friends at the Nightcap. Uh, we mm -hmm. did that last night and uh, it was fun. It was a good crowd. Uh, Hannah Einbinder was on, a bunch of other comedians, Adam Ray. It's a good show. It's kind of like a new material workout show where, you know, have a place every week to try new stuff. You seem to have a good grasp on having a great relationship with comedians, but also with your show, your most recent episode, you had a musician on and you've said in the episode that you've wanted to have more musicians on. That's something I've wanted to have too. I just love comedians so much that I tend not to ask as many musicians as I'd like. Did you have like a background in music before? Where does that stem from? Yeah, I was a music business guy before comedy. I was an engineer, producer, mixer, writer, all of the, those things. So the show is very organic in terms yeah. of how I get guests. It's like, oh, I'm, I see this person. I'm like, do you want to do the show? And it kind of works like that. So now that I see less music people around, I just happen to have less music guests. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Do you have any plans on asking Nickelback to be a guest? Oh, I would love to have Nickelback <laughs> as a guest. I know Chad, I worked with those guys. Uh, I think personally they get a bad rap because they're some of the hardest working, most talented guys I've ever worked with. Yeah, I think they just became like the butt of a joke, unfortunately, yeah. but. I would always like every other Nickelback song that came out. And I remember my senior year of high school, our class song was the picture, the photograph song. Yeah, yeah. So they'll always be, I guess, always a part of my timeline. But today, everybody, Latif's wild word was Nickelback. Latif, the floor is yours. Give us your wild night story. Everyone is dying to hear it. Let's go. The photograph song, the guy in the... The actual photograph is a guy, Joey Moy, who he was the guy I worked for with those guys. Oh so my it's like God. A, it's a real person, yeah. Look how connected <laughs> we are already. I love it. Already, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, this is a good segue. I was a music business guy, and mm -hmm. then also before that in the studio with artists. My second like real gig was like being like a second engineer for 604 Records, which is Nickelback and Theory of a Dead Man and a bunch of Vancouver bands. And that's like, at the time, the top of Vancouver. They were the biggest- that's where you're from originally, right, Vancouver? Yeah, I'm from Vancouver, mm -hmm. Canada. And they were like the Vancouver band. Right. And so there was really like no uh, higher place to go than yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. So it was exciting. <laughs> and we were working on that song from Spider-Man, The Hero. Oh, yes. I remember that. I Yeah, I remember that. And so like it was for a small town like Vancouver, it was like big Hollywood business. Mm -hmm. They had kicked out like the entire other people who were recording in the studio next door just for like wardrobe because it had Paramount in town, like the movie yeah. people. They were shooting the music video. So it was really buzzing. Yeah, it was a this, huge deal. That was a big deal. And then the studio manager is like, oh, I think this is the biggest it's ever been. And I was like, oh, wow, you're right. Yeah. And I left pretty much after that to America. Because I was like, I think this is as far as I can go. And my friends were encouraging people who I looked up to in the business had already left Vancouver. Mm -hmm. They're like, just go and the net will form. And they were right. So I ended up doing that. Yeah. But in terms of like the story I wanted to tell was as a second engineer, what you're doing is you're doing like vocal editing, you're patching things in, you're doing a lot of the menial, like yeah. nitty gritty, like yeah. editing, kind of like a video editor in a way. Gotcha. And so that's what I would be doing on a day to day basis. Uh, at the end of the night, when I'd have more work 
to do. People would go to like this bar called the Roxy, which is like the hot rock bar in town. So they would yeah. all leave and we would keep working. Yeah. And then right. they would come back sometimes with some more people. It'd be a light party. And then we'd uh, listen to the songs we made and it'd be fun. And so and people so, would be partying around you while you were working, like random people you've not met before too. Yeah. Oh yeah, that mm -hmm. would happen. And But the work would slow down admittedly at that point. People are coming and yeah. you're talking and like play the song and everyone's getting hype. And it's yeah. part of like making records. You want people's feedback. You want right. them to say like, okay, this is cool. And then, cause you don't really know what you have sometimes until yeah, yeah. you get people's reactions. Kind of like a joke in a way. Of course, yeah, you gotta try it out. So they bring back this crew of people it's the Carolina Hurricanes hockey team. Okay. Hockey's so the entire hockey is huge in Canada. So yeah. the whole team is there and it's Vancouver. So it's a weed town. Yeah. And a lot of these players were from like, you know, different countries where it was very illegal. So they see this big jar of weed on the table and they're like, what is this? Oh my God. They're like, their minds are blown. And I don't know what exactly happened. I can hear partying. I'm working. I have my face in the screen. <laughs> so I don't really know necessarily like who did what. Right. And I'm not pointing any fingers, <laughs> but we did watch the game the next day and they lost to the Vancouver Canucks 7-1. Gotcha. So things were going down and we were all yeah. cheering and we're like watching them move slowly on the ice. They were hurting. And it's like one of those, it was so fun at the time. And then I was thinking back, I was like, did that really happen? Did they really lose seven? Because 7-1 in hockey is insane. Like, and Yeah, hockey games, I usually, I don't know too much about hockey, but for the most part, the score doesn't really go over. Yeah, it's like, like Soccer, Four, it's three, right? two, yeah. one, one, zero, one. Four is like and, a huge game. Yeah, so I was like, did that really happen? Am, am I like exaggerating? Mm -hmm. So recently I went on, I was like, all right, you can pull up all the stats of the games. I went back to that game and there it was, seven, one. I was like, <laughs> oh, it really, it really happened. Wow. So how late would you say the party went on with these guys? Uh, You know, I don't, it's hard to remember. It's a couple hours, but like yeah. they come back after like a post bar hang, you know, mm -hmm. so, but it was also part of like that was what was cool about that time because like they were the biggest band in the world so it was like this excitement around like making those great records yeah. and there was like sushi budgets like things that like are just gone from the industry today like the amount of money we spent on sushi literally put the sushi people's kids through college to the wow. point where we in the liner notes for one of the records it says thank you to Jun sushi for letting us put your kids through college <laughs> you guys spent so much money on the sushi now when you were partying with the hockey team was that the big were they the biggest quote-unquote celebrities or people of high status that Nickelback had brought back to the studio for you to hang with uh, for me yeah yeah so you were kind of, you were a little starstruck at that moment would you say I wouldn't say so actually I no? mean it's just like a bunch of I mean hockey players they're like regular dudes they're just mm -hmm. dudes and then some of them are have like Eastern European accents because there's like hockey and stuff yeah. but like they're just regular dudes like chilling they were all nice and uh hockey people are great yeah. even though i never played hockey i played a lot of road hockey yeah I, you know I, I love hockey people and i love is hockey. road hockey street hockey like you play street hockey street? yeah 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 we i don't know i called it road hockey it is street hockey thanks for correcting me no no i wasn't correcting you i thought maybe no, you it was just kind of like a canadian thing like you guys say you know loonies for coins right? yeah the coin we have is called a loony so it's okay. got a loon on it and uh it's you know it hurts when you throw them at strippers but other than that it's fine people throw coins at strippers no i'm just kidding oh <laughs>
you we, in, in America, the stripper cultures, I know nothing about this, obviously, but it's like <laughs> a dollar. They throw dollars, right? So you yeah. can't do a dollar coin. I've only been to a strip club once. It was very fun, but I would say that it was a lot slower than the movies. That's what I'll tell you. It was like a lot slower because it wasn't like, woo, people just throwing money. It was just like a couple people like throwing money on the stage. And it was a lot of clicking of the heels. All the strippers, they were, were like clicking their big stripper shoes, which I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I don't know. I'm like an observer of the world. So when I was at the strip yeah. club, I was like, this is great. If I tilt my screen back a little bit, there's a picture from this show. I worked on the boondocks. Oh. And um, there, one of the songs we did in there was um, Make It Hail on them. So it was about people <laughs> throwing, throwing coins. Um, Please don't throw coins at strippers, anybody listening. No, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that at all. Don't throw loonies. 20s, 20s and up. 20s and up. I've actually up. never been to a strip club in Canada and seen loonies being thrown or anything like that. So I have no idea what I'm talking about. If but anyone... Go, someone do field research and report back. Let us know how it goes. Report back and like protect our strippers, please, everybody. Yes. Um, they do the Lord's work and they provide a lot of fun for a lot of people. So protect them at all costs. I've never really randomly partied with celebrities. I had a really embarrassing moment with Jeff Ross once. Looking back on it, I was super young and I was at a comedy theater for a holiday party. I was probably yeah. like 24, 25 at the time. And he happened to be at this party. And so I'm really drunk and I go up to him, hey, Jeff Ross. And he looked at me and he kind of was like, I'm in the middle of a conversation. You're so rude. Oh, well, you know, like I expected him to be like, ah, I'm going to roast you. And he was just kind of well, like, he kind of did. <laughs> he, he kind it just of wasn't, shut, yeah, yeah. Shut it just was down. really, it cut you. Yeah. yeah. I was like, but wait, I'm a hot 24 year old. What are you doing? And he was just like, yeah, I'm in the middle of a conversation. Do you just do that? You just interrupt people. And I was like, but this line works on regular guys. <laughs> and then yeah, afterwards yeah. he was like totally cool and just very talkative, talked to me and my friend. And But afterwards I was like, oh, note to self, never just do that to people who are famous just because you think you can get away with talking to them. So it was a good lesson. Thank you. Jeff Ross. Yeah, it's uh, it's much different watching a roast battle than being the subject of it. Yes, <laughs> yes, without warning. I'm like, roast me all you want, but just, it was very humbling. It was a very humbling moment. So I imagine totally. uh, partying with a hockey team, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. Now you'd figure it out. <laughs> I'm sure I would. Um, okay, so you have your comedy show, Latif and Friends. You yep. have your podcast. Both of those things, you seem to be a go-getter, the kind of like a, a tent pole for people to come and talk to you or know they can go to you to do a show, be on your show. What was the root of starting your podcast? Were you trying to get some good business information while simultaneously talking to people? Talk to me about that. Well, I started a show business podcast. I knew I wanted to do a podcast and I wanted to do, for me, there's two types you could do. I could do like a duo podcast or a group and we would talk about ourselves. Yeah. Or I could have an interview style podcast and I lean towards the interview style. Yeah. It's something, honestly, I struggle with because the people who do the non-interview styles build up more of an audience for the people because they tune oh. in for them. So there's a lot of variability in terms of like the performance of each episode depends on how popular the guest is. 
So, right. but I do enjoy doing it. And I wanted to talk about originally like investing. Investing is another one of my passions, like investing Ooh. in stocks and stuff like that. And then I just felt that after a couple of the intro try it out episodes, we were, yeah. it was a lot of the same conversations. Like yeah. it all seemed to veer towards weed stocks and stuff. And I'm like, I don't really see a lot of value coming out of this. So I was like, let me talk about show business in general. And I think people felt more comfortable with that because yeah. it's more in their lane. And then it's funny that like about a year in like crypto and like everyone is all of a sudden an investor. So yeah. maybe now, maybe I was ahead of the curve. I don't know, but yeah. I like talking about show business. Yeah. I've been in it since I was 18. I just feel that it's a good foundation for me to have musicians and comedians and other people that are around the business, so to speak. Has there been any guests that told you maybe a piece of show business advice or any kind of advice, career advice that stuck out to you more than anybody else? That's the good part about the podcast is every episode, there's something mm -hmm. that I get out of it that I clip and caption and put on the Instagram. So I would say check out uh, It's Show Business Podcast, It's Show Business Pod Instagram. Mm -hmm. And every week there's like the little clip from there that's really great that there's little, like 30 seconds that I was like, oh, this is a really cool piece of information. But honestly, there's so many that I can't even like pull the yeah, individual one. That's a good thing, though. That means that everybody that you're having on is providing a little nugget of wisdom that you can kind of take and then share with your audience. So that's great. It is a comedy oriented podcast, <laughs> but we don't I don't try to make it a funny podcast necessarily. It can yeah. be funny sometimes, but I try to keep it like around the biz and, and like learning. And I get a lot of good feedback from people being like, oh, I didn't know this or I, I really like the podcast and it's uh, it's growing every month. So I, I'm really happy with it. And then one last question about the podcast. I noticed recently you changed the artwork. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Were you nervous? Like I have this brand associated with this original artwork and now I'm just going to change up new colors, new everything. I mean, a lot of it's just having the will to like talk to the graphic guy and who's Ramin Nazer, who's a an amazing artist in his own right and an amazing right. comedian and podcaster. And it's just like having the will to be like, all right, let's let's go down this road. What do I really want? It's a lot of those things when you're starting out. I think some people struggle with this. I did. I was like, for the first few shows I put on, like I didn't even put my in the flyer and people are like what are you doing you got to promote yourself so like even you can see that in the iterations of the artwork the first artwork is like a nondescript just like balloon guy in white right. sitting at a desk and then i'm like all right well i gotta make it more about myself at least so now i'm like ramin actually had me on his podcast and he yeah. drew this space that i really liked i was like can i use something like that for mine mm -hmm. and then we just kind of augmented it added the logo it's born so yeah it's, really yeah, cool. it's, it's always you got to keep growing and improving like if you're not making steps to be like, all right, improve every week. DJ Demers, hilarious comedian, good yeah, friend of mine. Yeah, really funny. He has a podcast and that's what he said. Here's one little nugget is on his episode. He's like, I make an effort every week to make sure that I do one thing to improve the podcast. Oh. And so, yeah, if it's like the art or like, I don't know. Uh, I, I, He's I, a really sweet. I remember watching him on Conan probably like four or five years ago and just immediately following him on Instagram. I'm like, this guy is so wholesome and cute and sweet. I just thought he was great. Oh, there's our clip right now. I'll send that to him. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, we'll send that to him because... He was just so, he's so sweet. And then his podcast is uh, Definitely DJ. Yeah, Definitely DJ, yeah. yeah. Everybody listen to his podcast as well, because he's just- Yeah, we just did an episode together, which was hilarious. Yeah, he's a good- I, I, get, I guessed his guy. birthday to the day on the podcast. Can you guess mine? This is a lot of pressure, and I feel like now I'm gonna <laughs> have a clip. How about this? I'll interview you, then I'll 
Guess your birthday. Okay, but you cannot do you cannot do any research. I it will never very... do uh, that. <laughs> goes against all the ethics of guessing birthdays. Research. Yes, but it would be very easy to find my birthday on like that my Instagram true. or something. So don't do any research because you no will research. I promise. And, um, I will come on your. I'll take you up on that. I'll come on your podcast and you can guess my birthday. Okay, and now, great. Lastly, tell me a little bit about Latif and friends. What your goals for are for that and. Just just what you have going on. Are you going to be touring soon? I just did a weekend in Austin, which was a fantastic city. They lived up to the hype. I couldn't believe how good the shows were. Yeah. Going to be in New York in the summer, just kind of figuring that out. With the show Latif and Friends, like I had this other show that was a bit larger called The Comedy Bunker. Uh -huh. I just wanted a smaller show. This is like 20 to 30 people in a great room. It's lower pressure, but you can mm -hmm. come with new material. And also every week, there's just less pressure to like fill in or an overhead and all those things that come with running like a larger show because yeah. once you cross into like the hundred seat thing it, it becomes like a business and I didn't yeah. want to run a show that was a business even right. though it is show business <laughs> yeah, yeah, this show like I wanted this show to be about the purpose of it for me is as a comedian to do material and yeah. not to produce a show as a vehicle for me financially. So okay. it's just a show for like Latif and friends. Yeah. Sometimes I have people on. I have a booker now, which is great. Carolyn, she's amazing. That and she's probably takes some people. of the load off too. Oh, it's great to have a booker. I highly mm -hmm. recommend it. I resisted for a while, but I guess you got to find the right one. And she's awesome. It's great because, yeah, it gives someone someone to go through all the requests and like mm -hmm. balance the lineups and make sure they're diverse and all those yeah. things, uh, which is great. Sometimes she'll book somebody that I don't know. So I was like, well, this is interesting. Like mm -hmm. it's Latif and friends that I've never met this person, yeah. but she has great taste. She used to book Carolyn's. She's not Carolyn from Caroline's, but she recently Caroline's in New York and yeah. Broadway. So she has great taste and the people she's recommended have been awesome. So, good. so uh, like Rob Hayes show. last night. Well, Rob Hayes, I had never met him, but he oh. was on the show last night. And then, so it's Latif and friends. And sometimes future friends. Sometimes future friends. We love that. And Austin is that kind of, you said it's living up to the hype. Do you think that's going to be the next big comedy city? It already is. So it's, can it sustain? Can it can I don't know. Sustain, yeah. It naturally has so many stages. They're not traditional comedy stages, mm -hmm. but it has so many stages in town because it's a music town. South by Southwest, Comedy Week was already so great. So I don't see why I couldn't. I don't think LA and New York are going anywhere. Yeah. Like they'll always be what they are and there's always room for new scenes toronto has a scene now yeah. austin has a scene vancouver does too vancouver has a scene yeah a little bit yeah i started in la actually so i don't know the vancouver scene that well but i've done a bunch of the shows up there one called little mountain which i heard is unfortunately gone but it was great so yeah vancouver is also i was there during the um the jfl they have like a north jfl northwest yeah. you, it was like a hot time to be in vancouver because they have all the shows and stuff well if you ever go back to vancouver Vancouver, check out Vancouver Comedy Ring. It's run by Ravi Khanna. He was a guest on my show, Friend of the Pod. He's a big comedian there. He's got a couple podcasts, but he runs Vancouver Comedy Ring, and I'm sure he would. Okay, yeah, yeah check him out. Say, I'm friends with Rocky. I'm sure he'll put you up anytime. Oh, um, look at this, making things happen. Making connecting. things happen. See, Rocky and friends, I should start my own comedy show. Do it, yeah. <laughs> 
So Latif, thank you so much for doing the show. It's been such a fun conversation. Will you just one last time let everybody know where they can find you online? Plug your show, plug your Latif and Friends show, everything. Let us know. You can find me on all the social medias at Latif Tayor, L-A-T-I-F-T-A-Y-O-U-R. Latif and Friends is a show we run in Burbank at the Nightcap every Wednesday. So if you're in town, hit me up. Tell me you saw me on Rocky's show and I'll give you free tickets. Come <laughs> by. That, guys. Getting the connect. And uh, follow my YouTube channel, which is where the it's Show Business Podcast is. And uh, we'd love to see you again. Well, Latif, thank you again for doing the show. This was such a fun conversation. And uh, I bet you a bunch of people are going to follow your stuff now. Yes, thank you so much. I appreciate it, Rocky. Absolutely. Bye. <laughs> Is that...